Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dan Wiederer. I mean, the dude is a tone setter, and that's undeniable. And I don't even think Ryan Poles and anyone in that front office would deny that. On-air contributor for 670 to score. I'm really excited to be part of the family. I can't wait to do it all year. Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer. Flat-footed is what happens here at Hell's Hall way too often. Co-host of the Take the North podcast. We're going to take the North and never give it back. With our own David Hall. David, that's a, a lengthy description on the high-powered microscope that Matt Eberflus uses to judge his football team on a daily basis. And I think this is more than just a bunch of letters. Dan Wiederer with Mullane Haw on 670 The Score. Bear down. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Dan Wiederer joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? You know, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a headache because I have. Uh, <laughs> we got a text from a guy who wanted to know if Sean Payton would be a good hire for the Bears. And, <laughs> And I laughed at it, literally laughed at it, because I thought, oh, come on, the Bears would never do anything like that. And then I was thinking, why, why am I of the belief that they are not ambitious? And, I, you know, there's a guy in Sean Payton who was a spare bear, who, uh, who was from Naperville, I believe. He's a local. I mean, yep. he would appreciate uh, what it means to be from Chicago. And, and, and I just dismissed it outright, because that's not a Bears-like thing. And, and as we talk about the Bears of the offseason, I think to myself, boy, I hope they hire a really good team president who will raise the bar to the point where I'm no longer dismissing any idea because they're ambitious all of a sudden. Well, first of all, my career got started in Naperville. So, yes, Sean Payton was a Naperville Central alumnus. I think I did a story on him when he became the, the Giants offensive coordinator wow. uh, back in the day. So that's, that's, that's going back a little ways. But you're right. I mean, the – you're you're conditioned to be skeptical. You're conditioned to believe in mediocrity, and the Bears are the ones in control of changing that and and getting you out of that mindset. And to your point, they've got a golden opportunity here in the near future with a lot of things that they're about to do. One being hiring a team president to succeed 
Ted Phillips up there, and the, 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 the phrase you used that I've been using for a long time is raise the bar. It has to be a daily effort inside that building across every single department to raise the bar so we don't keep getting stuck in these seasons that have, you know, last place finishes and double-digit losses and nothing but arguments around, uh, among the fans on, on which direction the thing is pointed. Dan, what is your sense of how much this was expected? And I don't mean the struggles because everybody knew going into the season that the Bears were going to struggle. But there are they are 60 minutes away from setting a – a low watermark in terms of losses in a season, historically. They're in the midst of their longest losing streak ever, and they've gotten rid of everybody who's close to making a Pro Bowl, essentially, uh, on the roster. And I just wonder, we talked about it yesterday on the show, when Ryan Poles was interviewing for this job, do you think that he was this transparent and expected the turnover, the teardown, if you will, to be this thorough and complete and exhausting? I think he was anticipating the teardown to be this thorough. I think what's troubling and problematic within this season is they have not added a whole lot of pieces. You had opportunities. I understand that you didn't have the same draft capital and the same salary cap space in 2022 to make major strides in your roster build, but they, they, they missed on a lot of different things. And some of the dice rolls they've taken have just crapped out immediately. And, and so you, you just aren't in a position where you feel like you've made a ton of progress in this season outside of the playmaking artistry of, of, of fields. I mean, look, I, like I ran some numbers yesterday for something I'm working on. They can't stop the run. They're 31st in the league stopping the run. Only the Texans are worse. They can't rush the passer. They've got 20 sacks. No one in the NFL has fewer than 20 sacks. They can't throw the football. Not only are they last in the league, but they'd have to be 60% better as a passing offense to crack the top 20. They can't protect the quarterback. They've given up 57 sacks this year, and only the Broncos and Colts are worse. And so you're looking at foundational things that a successful football team must do. Stop the run, rush the passer, throw the football, protect the quarterback. And you can't check a single one of those boxes. And you also have to just dream about potential new players that you don't have yet to think that those things are going to get fixed quickly. So, David, I mean, in, in, in a roundabout way to answer your question, I don't know. Like, I think most of us, I don't know where you guys were with your preseason record projection, but I was at 6-11. and 11. They're going to finish three games short of that. And, and it's just kind of shrugged off like, oh, well, what, what's the difference between three and 14 and six and 11? Well, there's a big difference. And so next year, when you make the climb back to six and 11, it's going to be significant progress, but it's not going to feel like it because you didn't get done in 2022 some of the things that could have gotten done within the season. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I had six and 11 too. And I think that my thinking was you go from six wins to nine wins. Like if you, if you have six wins, then you can yeah. improve that much. I don't think you go from three wins to nine wins. I, I don't, and and you can talk about being close in games, but they haven't. But they're been. not. No, no. And and now that the season has kind of resolved itself, you know, once the injuries start occurring, inevitably there are no backups. There are no. You're not getting better. I I think you come out of this season, and and you are overloaded with problem areas. You don't have a defensive line. You don't have, you know, you have a couple of guys that could be part of a group, but you need three starters. You know, you don't have an offensive line. Your offensive line looks worse now than it did after watching the, uh, the great uh, three sack performance from Braxton Jones, you realize, (laughs) Oh no, wait, he's not supposed to do that. Uh, And you say, where's he? I mean, I do, do you consider him a starter going into next year? I'm not saying that you that you ever did, but I think that if you felt that, that there was a need for competition before, 
that was underscored. Yeah. I, I mean, Molly, you don't have an offensive line. You don't have a front seven. You don't have a receiving core. All right. <laughs> Good luck, Ryan. Like, I hope, I hope you've done your uh, pre-workout calisthenics because this is going to be one of the heavier lifts that you're ever going to participate in. Now, you've got some resources to do it with, but again, you've got to do a lot of things, right? They're just, they're just a mess as, a, as a, a, a team right now. And the one thing that people thought was solved in this year, which is identifying the quarterback, still has some concern areas. Whether people want to hear it or not, your, your quarterback is the engine of a passing offense that's historically bad right now and, and was bad again the other day. It was the second time this year that they had been below 100 gross passing yards in a game. And the previous time that it happened before this year, was when Jimmy Clausen went out to Seattle, got beat 26 to nothing, and they punted on all 10 of the possessions he led. And so you, you see, like, this isn't like quarterback heaven here. This is, this is a historically bad passing offense, and the offensive line's part of that, the receiving core's part of that, sometimes the play calling's part of that, sometimes the quarterback's part of that. There's a lot here that needs to get fixed. Justin is 25 starts in to his career, guys. He's got 4,100 passing yards and 24 passing touchdowns. That would rank seventh in the NFL this season and ninth in the NFL this season with eight extra games tacked on to, to his, uh, his resume there. And so if it, 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 you can be hopeful and encouraged and, and confident about who the kid is as, a, as an athlete, who the kid is as a leader, who the kid is as a worker, but you can't overlook some of the flaws that have been here within this season and just say, yeah, no big deal, because it's not no big deal. And, and if you identify it as no big deal, you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed when, when the, the world comes crashing down on you. Well, I think that we agree on that, Dan, and I think you have been very objective about pointing that out along the way. And I, I think you hear that echoed in, like, yesterday, Habarkish on the afternoon show, quote, there's no guarantee that the Bears have got their quarterback of the future. And this kind of healthy skepticism is indeed healthy, I believe. My question would be, is it your sense – do you hear anything, do you sense anything about the way the Bears view that answer to the question? Do, do you think they believe that there are no guarantees that they've got the quarterback of the future, or do you think that they have been left little choice except to be all in on Justin Fields? I, I mean, look, like there's def different definitions of all in, in my opinion. One definition of all in is, is you go out in 2023 here and you, you try to build a team around him and you try to – you know, get him resources on the offensive line and in the, the receiving core and in the stable of pass catchers that elevate him. But the, the, the next definition of all in is, are you going to pay him $200 million guaranteed to be your guy deep into the future? And I don't know that you can make that leap yet. I think Justin's established himself as a, as a, a starting quarterback who can be uh, someone that can go out on the field and, and be productive in his own ways on, on game days. Um, but we haven't seen anything that says, you know, definite star. And, you know, David, one of the things that I say is, like, go back and think about how, how people in Cleveland felt about Baker Mayfield when he came out of a rookie season, when he won six games for an organization that that, was, that may as well have been landing on the moon. You know, like, it was like, oh, Baker's our guy. Baker's the future. And now he's been on two different teams and he's getting shipped around the league. Kyler Murray was the offensive rookie of the year and was, was lighting the league up his first year. And eventually they got to a point where they said, let's, let's you know, throw a whole uh, Brinks truck worth of money at Kyler and, and uh, you know, make him our guy. Where are the Cardinals right now? This league comes at you fast, and you have to be ready to progress at an accelerated rate. And it doesn't wait around for you to, to try to figure things out, and it doesn't wait around for, for your coaching staff and your general manager to put things around you so that they're perfect either. You know, And so this is part of the urgency that um, – people in the mainstream fan base have, have not had this year and understandably so because it's really frustrating to live in that world of urgency when it's not going to get done 
But eventually the, the, the clock catches up with you. And I think 2023 is a year where the clock could catch up on you in a lot of different ways to where next year at this time, we're talking about, oh boy, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very possible next year at this time, we're talking about, oh boy, this is uh, not where we thought it was going to be. Well, and, and, you know, we've talked about this idea, you know, Kevin Warren would represent an ambitious move with the team president. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, it. It would be more likely, given past hiring history, to promote someone from within that you've groomed to kind of understand that the job is to protect the, the family and to, and to take some bullets, et cetera. I, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they do get someone like Kevin Warren. And if they do, how does that change the time frame that the general manager has, that the coach has? You know, it's easy to say, well, we hired a young guy. We got to give him seven years. We did it with Ryan Pace. I, and I'm not saying that, that Poles isn't better than Pace or isn't going to do better work or whatever. I'm saying the timetable changes if you're ambitious in the hiring of the president. There's no question, Molly. There's no question. And this is one of the sort of, I don't know if you'd call it an existential issue for the franchise, but it's like, what are you after in your daily world up at 1920 Football Drive in Lake Forest? Are you you after a work environment where you can feel good or you're after a work environment where you can achieve big things? And I think that's part of the problem that I've observed over 10 years covering this team that, that isn't quite identified internally about how to strive big, how to make decisions to compete in a cutthroat world and you know i've had people around the league some that know kevin very well say that he would be a shock to that building right like immediately would set a standard and demands that would cause some people to go i don't know if i want to be here anymore you know and my response to that is good you know because that's what that building needs it needs somebody to say guys we have underachieved for 30 years the way to get out of this is to to push, you know, and to think big and to have ambition and, and to, to swing for the fences and to not just, uh, you know, want to, to feel good at the end of every workday. It's, it's not how it works. And so uh, it's going to be fascinating to see who they hire and, and, and how they roll them out whenever that time comes. Obviously, I would think it would be soon. Ted has uh, said that his last day is going to be February 28th. Now, that's obviously flexible, <laughs> but, you know, that's click, that's right around the corner at this point, guys, and, and they've had. Uh, several months now to go through this search with Nolan Partners as their search firm and be really fascinating to see where it lands. As we talk about these big picture issues, Dan, I, I wonder if during this offseason how closely the Bears will be monitoring or influenced by what the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson. The Ravens, when we talk about stylistically, are the closest thing the Bears have to, as a model because they have a quarterback who is very similar, a quarterback whose record may be broken on Sunday but they have yet to commit to that quarterback long-term financially. And I just wonder, do you anticipate that having any ripple effects at House Hall? Does it depend on who maybe the team president is? And how closely aligned should we look at the Ravens as it relates to the Bears? In, in what way? Well, if they, if they don't sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term contract because of concerns that they have and express about his durability or the sustainability of a running quarterback like that getting injured or paying him the big money, will that have any effect on how committed the Bears are to Justin Fields? See, I don't think it will have a, a, a grand effect on that. And there's a couple of things here because you and I have talked on the podcast. I, I think I think that Justin Fields has more arm talent. I think he has more potential as a passer. I think he's more polished in the way he goes about things from the pocket and, and in the passing game that, that makes him a different 
beast than Lamar Jackson. At the same time, you go back and look at the year that Lamar Jackson won the MVP award and set this rushing record that Justin's trying to chase down on Sunday if he's allowed to play. Lamar Jackson in that season threw for 3,100 yards and 36 touchdown passes, right? Like, like it wasn't just running, 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 big play, big play, big play, big play. They made plays in the passing game on a consistent basis, and, and I, I think they were 13-2 and two in, his, in his time starting that season, right? So the, it's a different comp here uh, in a lot of different ways, and I, I just think the Bears have to, to, to live in their lane. I think they have to be very honest with what they're seeing in Justin. I think you have the benefit of Ryan Poles not being emotionally attached to the draft pick, which obviously wasn't a benefit that uh, Ryan Pace had as, as they were seeing through the Mitch Trubisky uh, you know, decisions as, as time went along. And so now they've just got to make a, a, a grounded, sober decision on who they think he is as a quarterback, who they think he, he can become, and then make all their other you know, complimentary decisions around what their evaluation tells them. The Lions rolled up, what, 500-plus yards, right? Against 504, yep. Okay, so wh- how does that impact the way you look at this Vikings game since they're going to play their starters and they want to try to, uh, try to uh, get the second seed? Does that mean that we're going to see, um, you know, some record completion from the quarterback, some <laughs> – Justin Jefferson, you know, uh, record he's after. I, I'm just saying that, like, the Bears have hit, like, a new level of this season where you didn't see the hits principle. You didn't see the intensity or the, or the, the, uh, the focus that you're supposed to have, the smart situational football. You just saw a bunch of guys out there waiting to, to get the season over with. Yeah, that certainly on Sunday you did, and that was probably the most troubling thing is there were just business decisions being made left and right, guys not uh, putting their bodies on the line to make a tackle. Um, and, 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 you know, that, that, then the result ends in 5:04 at the end of the day. By the way, the Lions, who uh, aren't going away anytime soon, are on in, in verge of playoff contention, and then they've got two first-round picks and four in the top 60. So if you think your division is uh, suddenly wide open for you, take a look at what some of the other teams are have got going for them. But Molly in, in October, when the bears went to Minneapolis with a defense that still included Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, and they were and Eddie Jackson and were pretty close to hole. It felt like Kirk cousins just threw nine consecutive first quarter passes to Justin Jefferson that weren't defended, you know, and like all of a sudden they, they were behind by whatever they were behind and they had a, to play in a chase game there. And that was with a, a complete defense. So what can happen if you're, you're not invested and you, you're not whole and, and you go out there, look, I, they got blown out by the Bills late in that game. They got blown out pretty much the entire day by the Lions. I don't think you can afford third consecutive blowout on the way out the door of the 2022 season and still believe that every single player that's a part of the, the core and the foundation is going to believe in the, the leaders of this team. If, if you go out the last three weeks of the season and get your doors blown off. Remember that four-game stretch that everyone felt good about was six games ago. And since that, the Bears have been doubled in scoring. They've been outscored like by an average of 32-16 to 16 in the last – six games. And so for those who think, Oh, this team has just stayed plucky and competitive all year. The numbers don't show that, you know? And so it's time for you to try to get out the door uh, with as much respect as you can. And that requires some extra effort and and, and discipline and and concentration this week. 30 seconds, Dan is the practice indoors today closed because of concerns over the body and trying to a physical decision uh, because of the wear and tear or other reasons. No, I was told uh, yesterday by someone inside the building that I shouldn't read into it, that there was nothing more to 
to the decision to, to make it a closed walkthrough rather than an extended practice, other than that they've done this a couple times over the last, you know, four or five weeks, and they're just trying to take some wear and tear off the guys and that it uh, didn't really have much to do with anything else. So um, we'll see where they go. We're going to hopefully hear from Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus, and, uh, and then after the walkthrough, a couple other players. And uh, obviously I think we'll be eager to hear what these guys say in terms of their reaction to, to what happened Monday night and how, how their, their psyche is doing with all that. Dan, thanks a ton. Great stuff. Appreciate your time. Happy New Year, fellas. You too. That segment with Dan Wiederer brought to you by Old National Bank, where relationships and results matter. Get old. Okay. Yeah. I think that's – I'll take your advice. Yeah. Can't help it anyway. Yeah. This season has me aging before uh, my very I think eyes. we all have yeah. right. aged a lot this season. It's been difficult to endure and watch. And, yes, we expe- expected it to be a struggle. I don't know that we expected it to be this bad. No, no. Did you? Well, I, I, you know, it's very funny, David, because I think when the season began, uh, what what struck me was how well organized they were, how you weren't having these pre-snap penalties, how they had improved in different areas, and now here we are, and I don't feel that way. As a texter pointed out, we both predicted six victories when they had yep. Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, Eddie Jackson, all those things. Yep. But you do make those predictions based on the expectation of attrition and injury factoring in. Right. I still think that Dan makes a really good point, even though some people think he's way too negative. He's not. He's objective. There's a big difference between 6-11 and 11 and 3-14. and 14. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. We interrupt this uh, yeah. commercial to bring you, uh, we interrupted this talk radio show during the commercial to bring you talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's getting heated in here. It There's some bad little, blood it brewing. Got, it got a little hot. Yeah. There's no question. And I'm not finger involved on the this dump time. button. Uh-oh. Dustin is his figure of the dump button. And, and can I say, I, I'm not involved this time. No, I, I mean, I think we just have a disagreement on how many starters the Bears are looking for. And, and that's one, not what the disagreement was about. Well, it, I mean, it's hey, come on. If you're going to tell the story, be, be honest not, with the story. Is, seriously. What's the honest story? The, the honest story is that, is that Jack Sanborn's no damn good, and that's another issue. No one got said going that. On. That's exactly what you said. That's not what I said. That's exactly what you said. That is not He's not available. He can't stay healthy. That's what you said. I said that, that, I said you, that you, the solution you believe happened didn't actually occur because he got hurt. And we don't know. We don't know. How he holds up over the course of a 17-game season. Your that point. Not, that was not your, your that point. That is exactly what asked. I said. That were, might have been the conversation you wanted to have. That was not what we You were questioning about. how many starts he made yes. based on his availability, and you did not want to overstate how much progress he made in those starts because you feel like Dustin sometimes has done that. Yeah. And Dustin, Dustin didn't like Roquan that's where the thing started. and That's not accurate either. I don't like the idea of paying Roquan Smith $20-plus million a year, a $100 million contract on this keyword, this Bears team. He is a luxury item. No, he's not. Yes, he is. See, because see they, I they, disagree with that totally. Because they're playing him in the wrong spot, David. If they would have played him at middle, maybe. But middle linebackers in this system are not worth $20 As I pointed out to Moley in the midst of your guys squabbling during the break, Roquan Smith meant more to the Bears, had more value to the Bears because of, number one, they drafted him, number two, who they don't have. And and I, I think they may, have, may regret trading him because of those realities. You don't get rid of players when you have no talent who are, who are Pro Bowl caliber players. Not when, they, not when you have an opportunity to sign them long-term. You may have to overpay. That may be the reality of life as a – General manager of, of a of a fourteen loss football team. Yeah, let me tell you something. If a team loses nine games in a row in a single season, and maybe it's ten, you're not supposed to be pleased and feel like you have a lot of solutions. You're not supposed to be. Because you're you're you should be unhappy and you have very few solutions if you're that bad a team. That's the reality. And and you know, when Roquan Smith was here. They were what three and um, four? Is that it? He yes, seven games in the season. They have not won since they traded him. So, I mean, so how can you dismiss his value? I am not dismissing his value. Well, I know you're not. I'm talking to Dustin. Dustin never wanted him to be it's, paid. I, I dismiss his contract. Right. That's what I dismiss. Right. I dismiss the he, he, because he didn't have an agent. We've said this before. Because he didn't have an agent, and. I think he he also screwed up. He moved he moved from a position that he can be a pro bowler at, which is inside linebacker. Okay? He yeah. moved out to Will. Either the team did it, he did it, they did it together. They misused him. But in this system, the middle linebacker is not getting 20 million a year. And he I think everybody can agree. Every word out of his mouth, every word out of his mouth or at least every interview he did always always was brought up about the pay. Okay, every but you, time you know, you know what I'm going to say, and I've said this before. I think we overstate this 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 idea of premium positions. 
I, I think it sometimes well, when it, you have no positions, when when you have no positions, yeah. when you have no premium players, then exactly. I think that I'm not sure you can prioritize premium positions and what you're going to pay these guys. I get how it works throughout the league. I get spotrec.com as well as you can. Yes. But I think that we all can see what the premium positions are, but I also deal in reality. And when you're looking at the Bears roster, you're lacking premium talent. You just don't let it get away. We have a texter here, and I think this is a consensus feeling from people, and I want to address it. He says, most of the players on this team won't be back here next year, so why do you even argue about it? Well, I mean, here's the thing. That's not how life works. You're, it, most of the players, the majority uh, of the players uh, on this team will be yes, back they next will. year. That's a misnomer. Totally. It's a flawed it's a flawed premise. Exactly. So this idea you that you can't get fifty three guys in the <laughs> offseason. I don't care if you have a hundred million plus. There's there's this idea that the Bears, the teardown is going to be so complete that the only person left standing is going to be Justin Fields. Yeah, that's that's and, what and that's the number two draft pick. No, that's not the case. No, that's not realistic. And so what's realistic is that there could be the bulk of your team, the core guys, 30, 30 players probably to carry 30, over? 30 players. 30, That's not insignificant. tops maybe. It's not insignificant. Know. It's a lot of players. Listen, you're going to be able to go out and buy some players. There's no question about that. And you're going to be able to get some draft picks in here. But the majority of the guys that you – first of all, everybody you drafted is going to be back, even Valus Jones, who didn't have a great season. But they'll all be back because you've invested in them and you want to see what they can do. There's a lot of undrafted free agents that, that you're interested in that will be back. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing Jack Sanborn. He'll be back. I just don't know that you're talking about starting players. You're talking about the depth of your football team. But they, they played 18 rookies well, this year. They the, had, what, 18 nine draft rookies, picks? Nine draft picks. And, and one of the draft picks hasn't played. And, and I will say this about Jack Sanborn, who is an easy guy to like. No question. That when he was making all those tackles and leading the team in tackles every week, I'll, I'll stand by that. When he is your best player on defense, your defense is going to be limited. That doesn't mean he can't start in 2023. No. I would expect that to happen. I think he has done nothing but gain respect and that he earned it this year. But you're exactly right. When you have Jack Sanborn, when you have Jalen Jones, when you have uh, Blackwell in, the, in your secondary, you have undrafted free agents, which tells you when you're relying on them to the extent the Bears have relied upon, upon these guys, where you are as an organization. I think Lucas Patrick has another year left on his deal, so he'll be back. I believe – that Chase Claypool has another year on his deal. You traded a high pick for him. He'll be back. Um, I don't know about Nikhil Harry. I don't know about Dante Pettis. I don't know about Byron Pringle. They're unproven deals. They haven't proven much. Well, that's my point. So I, I think that when you fill a team up with guys that, that are replaceable, then you're likely to replace them. But your defensive secondary is intact and young and returning. You have you have weapons, not weapons. You have you have a couple linebackers that are likely to be back. You have some some guys in your offensive line that, even though they're not progressing to the point you want them, they're going to be back. I, you know, I'm really curious to see what happens with Tevin Jenkins in the off season because 
they don't seem to like him very much. Well, he has no trade value. None. You have nothing to do except for bring him back and hope he stays healthy. He's got a back and he's got a neck. You know how much you can count on him and how much you can't. But you he's been Braxton, their best offensive line. When healthy, when yeah. available. Braxton Jones, Larry Borm. Draft these are pick. players that you Larry may have. Larry Borm could be done. See, I understand why you would say that, and I don't necessarily disagree. But what does that mean? Does that mean he's done on your roster? I don't think so. I think maybe done as a starter. So he's going to be back because he, you drafted him. He's he's relatively cheap, and he's also a depth piece. But if you're in a position where you have to rely on him to be a starter, you're going to win, you're going to lose double digit games again. If you're in a position where he is a depth piece, and you go out and you buy a starter where he backs him up then you're better off. That, that's probably a significantly better uh, topic of conversation is how many starters are going to be back in that That is role. a better conversation. Yeah. And I don't know the number's very high. No, I think the number is fairly low. I, I, I really do. I think that, you know, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool will be back. On so you're the, starting wide receivers. On, on the wide receivers. Right now. A Cole Komet yep. is your tight end, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess – uh, Herbert is back. I, is Montgomery back? I don't think you're, you can. You say have that. a starting running back on your roster okay. right now. So right. I think you got one a of those starting guys. quarterback. Yes, that's five guys. And I think one offensive lineman is at least going to be I, Braxton Jones. Unless you upgrade at left tackle, is likely going to start on this offensive line next year. Okay, so that's six of eleven. What are you going to do with Cody Whitehair? I don't know. You cutting him? I don't know. Is he, is he a salary casualty? I, I I mean, listen, they've got a ton of money, but does that mean they want to eat any salary at all? And I, Cody Whitehair, I got a lot of time for. I didn't think he had a great year. Who did? I don't think anyone did on the offensive line. You, you, well, you know, that's, that's ironic, and I agree with you, and I said this earlier in the week. You can say nobody had in the offensive line had a great year, and then we're going to be announced talking Monday morning about the team that ran for more yards on the ground than any Bears team in history. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that, but I mean, you got there's more than just running, and you know, again, Tevin Jenkins will likely be a starter next year if he's healthy, because he's been their best offensive lineman for much of the season. So if you bring back, let's say, two offensive linemen starters next year. Lucas Patrick has another year left on his deal. That means he'll be the starting I don't count him because center. he didn't I don't much. think you should. So let, let's just say conservatively, two guys on the offensive line, they're gonna bring, you could be bringing back seven of the 11 offensive starters because you're, the other five, you got two receivers, a tight end, you're running back, and your quarterback. Yep. So your offense is that – is mostly is Khalil Herbert is coming start, back. Is he the was he a starter this year? For the most part, Montgomery was the starter. Montgomery's your starter, backup, but but it's a nice compliment, nice one yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think Montgomery's back. I don't know yet. Yeah, you've got a lot of money, and it's a it's a flooded running back market right. in free agency. You could probably get a good deal. He may be inclined to resign with the Bears, and they might get him at an affordable price. Are any of the starting defensive linemen starting next year? Uh, I. You would hope not. You could have a couple guys in rotation. I mean, Dominic Robinson will be on the team. That's a different question. Right. They're rotational pieces. Are you any, need an entirely new front four. Are any of the linebackers starting next year? Yeah, Jack Sanborn will start. Okay, that's one. Nick Morrow will start. How, how long is his deal? I think I think he's on a got another year or so. Okay, so so you you got maybe six starters on that side of the ball. Because you have to right now. I mean, it's yeah. hard to envision who's available and how. Again, it's Ryan Poles. Yeah, it's interesting. Is what it, is his 
track record and All how much do you trust? We've got to get to uh, Chris Chelios. We're going to talk to Chelly, and we're going to get back. A lot of people want to check in. They've got thoughts. Um, 312-644-6767. It's Molly and Holland score. Chris Chelios. Up the boards to Chelios with room. He shoots. Score! Bet MGM ambassador. Nice play by Chris Chelios. Hockey Hall of Famer. Chris Chelios is not human. I'm convinced of it. Not only will he go in the Hall of Fame, I think he should go in the Smithsonian. Blackhawks legend. Chelios will add defense, but he'll also add offense to the Hawks. Steve Smith ahead to Murphy. Nichols at the line. Chelios Time Stanley Cup champion. What a competitor Chris Chelios has been over the years, and he's been a winner every place he's ever been. Chris Chelios with Mully and Haw on 670 to score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Always fun to talk to Chris Chelios, and he joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Chris, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're we're doing all right. You know, we're like the rest of the world. I think we were a little um, kind of shocked and and uh, and taken back by the horrible uh, Demar Hamlin um, uh, injury and the fact that he's remains in critical condition. I think, you know, I was I was curious. Do, do you recall the Chris Pronger thing? We saw Pronger come out and and send his. Prayers and best wishes and and all that and that that's a guy that that went through a, a similar situation and there's not a lot of people in sport he played 12 years after yeah that. yeah you don't you don't forget things like that and I'll you know like it happened whatever 30 years ago but Pronger took a slap shot in the chest tried to take a stride and then just by his reaction it was just the strangest thing you don't ever see just collapsed but he was able to you know. You know, he revived on his own, thank God, and it was quick. So, but just that, that they talk about, I'm no doctor, but the timing of getting hit just in that right spot when your heart's beating at the, that, that certain time causes your heart stoppage. So that was, I mean, just the looks on the players' faces. And then, you know, there's another incident a little different when Yuri Fisher collapsed on the bench uh, for different reasons. He had an enlarged heart, but he also was, you know, had no no heartbeat for over a minute. Thank God the doctor and the defibrillator were, you know, like a minute away, and they were able to revive him. But we had to cancel the game. I don't know if you remember that in Detroit uh, because of that. But thank God Yuri, you know, recovered, and he was doing fine. Yeah, Pronger was in 1998, and he played 12 seasons after that. So that is a, a happy ending and a good good example, Chris. You're exactly right. So Looking at current day, looking at what's going on with the the, the team uh, Canada in the juniors tournament, you have to respect and just be awed by what Connor Bedard is doing. If the Hawks continue on this route, and it looks like they have would have a good chance of getting the number one overall pick, number one is Connor Bedard somebody you envision making an impact in the NHL next year? And how do you put into perspective what he's doing right now? Absolutely, this kid's. Uh, he's like. <laughs> He's a number how a number one pick's supposed to be, and you're watching the World Championships now, everybody's getting a chance to see him. Um, you know, Canada really out, you know, outplayed Czechoslovakia, but for him to come up with that goal and advance, and now 
everybody's waiting to see the U.S. Canada game. Obviously, they, they they live for that in this tournament. So, but back to Bedard, he's uh, he's a special kid. The skill, you know, he loves the game. And hope to God Chicago that I don't know how that lottery sometimes will backfire on you, but you know the Hawks are rating in line to, to get him, and, and it'd be a great start for the rebuild. Uh, obviously, you know it's funny. <clears throat> I was saying to David, I think Gretzky was 19 when he was a rookie, right? Am I wrong about that? I, I just think that this kid is right now 17. That's unbelievable that he's leading the juniors in goals and he scored. They danced through their team and. Scored in the overtime, um, Chris. At eighteen, would you have been ready to? When did you start, and how long does that take for guys? And is it just a, is it is it different for defensemen versus offensive players? Is it? Do you have to be? Is the physical element more um, intimidating than the maturity level? I don't think so, especially now the way the game is played. But uh, the difference, uh, what you mentioned, as a defenseman, it's a lot. You know, a lot. I think it's a lot harder to step in at 18. Like I was lucky. You know, I didn't. I didn't turn pro till I was 22. And I, if I was to try and turn pro at 18, you know, it would have been you know real difficult. I wasn't ready. I didn't know the position, um, and I learned a lot going to college and having the opportunity to play Olympics. So I played all kinds of types of the t- hockey. So, um, but as a foreign, Bedard, Bedard being a skilled player. You know, he'll be able to step right in. It's happened, you know, with Crosby and these other guys. Gretzky, obviously, you know, he started at 17 with Indianapolis, so he was a pro at 17, quite honestly. So that, that was a whole different situation. And by the time he got to uh, the NHL, he was he was ready, obviously. But uh, he, he's going to be a, like the star right from the get-go, uh, Bedard. There's no question. Well, one guy who the Hawks drafted as a teenager, Patrick Kane, didn't play the third period last night, Chris, against the Lightning. Lower body injury is what they're saying. You know anything more than that, and how might that affect his trade value? I mean, I saw the hit. Um, I, I don't know what it could be. It, it's obviously it doesn't look like it's, it could be anything real serious. Uh, hopefully, but uh, yeah, that that it, it really affects it depending on what the injury is. Um, and it, it's getting to that point now where teams, you know, who are interested that. <laughs> It kind of puts a wrench in their things. But, I, I, like I said, hopefully it's not serious. And uh, I still hope he doesn't get traded. That's <laughs> just biased because I think he should be a Blackhawk. And, you know, maybe they'll sign, you know, they'll commit to, to Kaner after a certain point here and, and make him end his career as a Hawk. But, uh, you know, it's, it's getting to crunch time, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, watching the Hawks last night, Caleb Jones ended up playing forward. They had like a lay. They went with seven defensemen because of a an illness, and and he ended up ha- having to play forward. And it was very funny. They talked to him after the first period, and he said, "I think he said he hadn't played forward since he was 12. Have you? Yeah. Did you ever? Did that ever happen to you? I, I that was. I kept wondering. Oh, thank God, we're talking to Chris tomorrow. I wonder if he was ever." pushed into service uh, as a forward and what that would be like. Well, I'll tell you what, I never played forward until I was 17 when I got to juniors, right? So I played center and, I, you know, pretty skilled offensive center. And then when it came time to go to Moose Jaw, the coach asked me, you know, what position I played. And I asked, what do you need? He said defense. So that's how that happened. So, <laughs> uh, But it's funny, like when we were struggling in Montreal, I got put up and forward, uh, you know, just because I was offensive on a, a line with Ryan Walter and Shane Corson uh, just for a few games, but I loved it. And then, you know, at the end of my career with Chicago, 
believe it or not, I played center with uh, Reed Simpson and, and Bob Prover for two games. So I know what he feels like. Caleb, <laughs> Caleb, look, he's a little more comfortable. He's, he's a good skater. And, you know, he, he fit right in. He made no mistakes, kept things simple, and, you know, got in on the forecheck. So uh, probably, you know, had a good time doing it. I, I, think it's, I, I love playing forward. Good stuff, Chelly. Who you got Sunday? Well, I, I, I can't bet with my heart, but, the, you know, Minnesota's just coming off an absolute beating in Green Bay. Uh, I, I think Fields, that last run he made, or that run he made early in the game in Detroit, I think he got hurt. He wasn't the same right after that. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with Minnesota. Thanks, Chris. Great talking to you. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. All right, guys. Take care. That is Chris Chelios. Always fun to uh... – to talk to to Chris and man, that is hilarious. I would love to see him uh, as as a. Uh, I didn't know he played center. I didn't Even know for that. two games. I guess I, I didn't love that, that that it was. What do you need, Moose Jaw? That's how That's, he became a great defensive. Whoever Hall of made Fame that decision player. on the fly, yeah. congratulations! <laughs> All right, wow. uh, we've got Stacy Dales will join us next. It's Molly and Haw the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.